0: Welcome to our mindfulness podcast. Each week or so, we will have a different podcast, different speakers, different chants, different Dharma talks. But mindfulness practice in Buddhism helps us focus and helps us be aware. And this program will consist of many different ways of meditating. We usually begin with bowing or gashou. Then we prepare to sit and we will sit for approximately 10 minutes and then we will either stand and walk for another five minutes to kind of get blood into our legs again and, and uh, relax our muscles. And then we'll sit for another 10 approximately. And then we will chant, which is another form of meditation. Uh, we focus on the characters and we pronounce the sounds as a group. And it's a kind of a ritual of oneness. And then after that, we'll have a short Dharma talk of about five to 10 minutes. And then we'll close with ga And this also includes offering incense. We offer incense, but you could also light the incense before the service starts. And this is kind of the program uh, of how our meditation services proceed. And so we will be getting underway today uh, with our program. Thank you very much.
1: We will begin with sitting meditation. Find yourself a comfortable place to sit, either in a chair or on the floor. On the floor, you may prefer to sit on a cushion with your legs crossed or folded beneath you. On a chair, sit without leaning back with your feet planted evenly and comfortably on the floor. Sit comfortably erect with shoulders back and your spine straight. Rock back and forth and then side to side to find your center. Your head should also be straight with your eyelids lowered but not closed. Focus on a point a few feet in front of you. Your face should be relaxed as you breathe quietly. Hands can be placed in several positions. In the classic mode, rest your left hand in your right hand with thumbs touching and comfortably laid against your abdomen. Or you can touch thumbs and forefingers together and rest them on your thighs with palms up. Another option may be to fold your hands on top of each other on your lap. The key is to find a position that is comfortable and that can be maintained in stillness during the meditation session. While sitting, try focusing on your breath, counting them to ten. Breathe in, one. Breathe out, two. Breathe in, three, and so forth. You may find distractions such as the sounds around you or your own thoughts. If that happens, observe them, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Begin counting your breaths again from one. We will begin and end each session at the sound of a bell. At the end of this first session, you will be asked to place your hands together in ga shou and bow. Gassho means putting your hands together and bowing in an expression of gratitude. You may choose to intone the words Namo Dabutsu as you gassho. We will begin our first seated meditation session at the sound of the bell. Please put your hands together in ga and bow. Namo Ami Butsu, Namo Ami Butsu, Namo Ami Butsu, Namo Ami Butsu, Namo Ami
0: Butsu. That completes our first seated meditation. Please stand. We will prepare for our standing meditation. Another posture for meditation is standing meditation. Uh, there's also walking meditation. And in yoga with Shavasana, you even have a meditation lying flat on your back. So in this Eastern practice of meditation, we wanna be able to meditate in all postures. And the idea being is that we could be mindful and aware throughout the day, whether we're walking or standing or sitting. And so for standing meditation, the posture from the waist up is the same. Eyes half open, half closed, gazing at a spot in front of you, two or three feet on the ground at a 45 degree angle, shoulders relaxed, breathing through the nose, down into the diaphragm, and then holding your hands in front of your lower abdomen, but this time we make a fist with our left hand and place our right hand around it, and then hold that in front of our lower abdomen with our elbows out. For the waist down, the posture is different, and what we do is we are standing with our feet about shoulder width apart, and it's very important to keep your knees slightly bent. You want your knees ajar. When you lock your knees and stand for extended period of time, it can induce vasovagal, which is a fainting or dizziness. So you wanna make sure you keep your knees bent. We breathe the same way. Everything's exactly the same. It's just a different posture to kind of encourage us to think of meditation throughout all the different activities of our lives. Again, hold your hands in front of your lower abdomen, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open, half closed feet about shoulder width apart, and your knees with a micro bend, slightly bent, so that we don't get dizzy. And we'll begin our standing meditation at the sound of the bell.
2: Please join me in Gashow.
0: Namandats, 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 namandats.
1: We will begin our second seated meditation. Please be seated. You can resume your former position. Again, back straight, eyes lowered, hands resting comfortably in your lap legs crossed, or sitting in a chair. We will begin at the sound of the bell. Please put your hands together in gassho and bow. Namo Ami Buts, Namo Ami Buts, Namo Ami Namo Ami Namo Ami
0: We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose and that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring, so we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, We use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in romanized characters, English characters. And each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character. And it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And They're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character Uh, This is a form of meditation. Uh, Rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. All right, we're going to chant uh, Jusege on page 39. Jusege is another poem or verse that can be found in the larger sutra. First you have the Sambutsuge, then you have the 48 vows by the aspiring student claiming and proclaiming his desire to seek Buddhahood. And then after that, Jusege stands for repeated vows. So three of these 48 he considers to be the essence of his practice, and he repeats these three vows. And again, italicized lines are leader lines, open circles are bells, underlines are a beat and a half, and that means the next kanji character or sound is going to get a, a half beat. And we chant down the first column, reading left to right, and then down the second column, reading left to right. And then as we get about two thirds of the way down the second column, you'll see that line has all underscores on it. So we're slowing down. I've mentioned before that the first two bells means we're beginning a chant. And then that single bell there means that we're changing a section. And it's a little bit like a train. You start out chanting slow, you speed up, and then you come into the station and slow down. And then we do Namwami Dabatsu as we do on all of our chanting. And then we end with the Ekoku. Nangoncho
3: <laughs> singam. ZANG o <tose> Ganesh,
2: Please join me in our show.
4: Nam mandats, nam mandats, nam mandats, This is Jim Pollard. I would like to share with you a message from the writings of Hideo Yonezawa. It is called "To Meet One's True Self." Recently, I received a letter from a woman from Kanagawa Prefecture. I read it and was very moved. That woman, when she was in elementary school, had a great fear of death. When she would go to school, if she happened upon a stone, she would kick it as she went along the way. Even if the stone rolled errantly out of that way, she would look for the stone and would kick it again. This is one kind of neurosis. While it may seem as though she became fixated over an insignificant little stone, In actuality, the real problem was the matter of the self. Her letter to me indicated a person whose problem of the self took the form of having a fear of death. The woman now has met the Buddha Dharma and the teaching of the Nembutsu, and she says that for the first time she has found peace of mind. The desire to meet one's true self shows itself in the form of a fear of death or in her fixation with kicking a stone. Earlier, I mentioned the following poem that originated long ago during the Nada period. As long as I can enjoy this life now, what does it matter if I become a bug or a bird in the next life? This poem reflects a person who can die without meeting his true self. Whether this person is happy or not is another question. But in actuality, human beings cannot be truly satisfied with such a life as the poem describes. The first line of the three treasures that we recite at the beginning of our Buddhist services is, Hard is it to be born into human life? If one is able to feel that it was good to have been born as a human being and to have received this rare life, then that is to meet one's true self. However. One who has not met his true self would probably say, as long as I can enjoy this life now, here is another version of the poem. As long as I have sake, I'll feel fine. And when I die, if I become a bug or a bird, it doesn't matter to me. Instead of fooling himself by receiving comfort through external things, The person who has met his true self is able to be completely satisfied without receiving anything external to himself. While the other shore seems like something far away, it teaches us the path on which we are able to meet with our true selves. There is actually no teaching that is closer to us than this, since we are living within it. But because we are in it, we are unaware of it. We live in a world of okagesama, but we do not notice it. When the teaching is taken out and shown to us, then we realize how we have been living within it all along. When you stop and think about it, there probably isn't anything as foolish as a human being. While we breathe all the time, few of us think, now I inhale, now I exhale. In my medical practice, there are people who see me for bronchial asthma. For such people, breathing is a great problem. For most of us, it is something we do without awareness. For the sufferers of asthma, although there is plenty of air, they cannot breathe. Actually, they can inhale, but they cannot exhale, which is the characteristic of that illness. Although we usually inhale and exhale without conscious thought, for the first time we are able to understand just how wonderful it is just to be able to breathe. Without thinking about what it means, we are able to move our arms and legs, and on top of that, even complain. But if we become paralyzed, then for the first time we realize how grateful we should be for just being able to move our arms and legs. Human existence is such that we cannot really appreciate something unless it is taken away from us. Therefore, wouldn't we feel grateful if we could live as if we had lost something without having lost it? This is what the other shore is teaching us. Although we are within the world of truth called the other shore, the word other gives the impression that it is far away. In actuality, however, we are taught that we have been living our daily lives within that world. To speak of renewed understanding means that just as we understand for the first time how hard it is to simply be able to breathe in and out after acquiring asthma, so are we made to awaken to the fact that there is another world beyond the world of our homes and our everyday concerns. Although you may have your own homes, there may come a time when you have to move if you are transferred in your work you may have to change homes once every few years most certainly all of us will be confronted with this in the future by that i mean there will come a time when we must let go of this world of delusion in that case if we know the place of our true self then we will be able to make that transfer with peace of mind Shinran taught that the pure land is the expedient means with which we can make that transfer with peace of mind. That is the place of our true self. Before Shinran, Buddhism had limited itself to simply saying, it is said that you will become Buddha when you die. Shinran took it upon himself to say that the pure land is the place of our true self. To recite the Nebutsu, is to meet the place of our true self. Namu Amidabutsu is the shout of joy of meeting our true self. Shinran is the person who taught that to us with conviction. I've been reading from the writings of Hideo Yonezawa, published in the book Awaken to Your True Self, the Shin Buddhist Way of Life, published by the Buddhist Education Center. This is Jim Pollard.
0: This concludes this meditation service. Uh, I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, uh, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. Uh, It's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast. But the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out uh, into your everyday life uh, naturally. Uh, My wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, Yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. Uh, It surely works, uh, but only if you stick with it. And uh, you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, uh, you actually retard uh, your ability to change over time. Uh, You don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. You just want to experience it. Uh, in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. Uh, I will close with Gassho. hands together, and we will bow. Namon no doubts. Namon no doubts. Namon no doubts. No man...
1: Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church.
0: This program is copyright 2021 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, and I'm California, USA. All rights reserved.